This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered, none accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. We're coming strong with it, and man, there's a lot to talk about this week. Texas gets the win, and Rod, I know you've got an interesting analogy to describe this win, which I'm sure that's how a lot of Longhorn fans probably feel. Uh, <laughs> Texas exactly where he's coming from. needs half a hundred to beat Kansas, 50 to 48. No, that was not a basketball score. Uh, that was Texas getting a win. It look needing every bit of it, baby. It's a win. Every bit of that 50. And Tom Herman's right. At, at the end of the day, if Texas ends up getting back in the Big 12 championship game and can win a conference championship 10 years from now, nobody's going to care what the margin was. They'll just see it It was a W. But we can't even talk about the Big 12 championship game right now because there's a lot of things to talk about with this team. Let me rephrase that. A lot of things to talk about on one particular side of the ball and some in the third phase, which we'll get to on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team so we can start to break down this madness and get you ready for TCU. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Wonderful. And lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and he over the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, I will make sure he wears it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, before As I get always. to your analogy, let's get a couple of uh, items out of the way uh, some, some or, or a few orders of business to take care of the top. First off, on Saturday, you were co-hosting uh, down at Schultz with Johnny Walker. That's right. Our Tex, good friend and lifetime Longhorn. Good time. Yeah. There was a poll that went up on, uh, I believe it was the Horns Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, we did. Asking Rod yeah. B in his prime against Johnny Walker in his prime. Yeah. One-on-one, who would win? I don't even remember where it's at now, but I, I last time I checked it, I was winning by 70%. So right. So – I appreciate that. I appreciate the love. And also people remembering, you know, how I, how, how legit it was. Now Johnny was great in his own. Johnny night. was great. I mean, Johnny's still Johnny's still great. He's awesome. John, Johnny Two was sports star. Johnny was drafted in the major league draft twice and in the NFL draft. Come on now. So he's yeah. the real deal. Gotta I'm give just him saying, his due. On, on on the football field, I'm just saying one on one. With that said, mm. I, 
you know, I, I tried to settle the debate myself when I was down on Bevo Boulevard doing some stuff with the horn. I said, look, here's the, here's the Trump card. I ran into Dwayne Aquino a few years ago, and now that you know everybody's in their place, I can say it. I was right. It was birthday today. Oh, Coach Aquino's birthday Coach today. Coach Aquino's birthday today. Oh, actually, well, happy, happy birthday, birthday Coach Aquino. If you happen yeah. to be listening to this, uh, I was out on the road doing some recruiting stuff, and I was at Houston Heights watching Jalen Green, and Dwayne Aquino was there scouting Jalen Green. Oh, there you go. Hey, that's good. You just yeah. follow whoever he recruits. Right. Recruit that guy. And you know, we're talking, <laughs> and and I, actually, Oscar Giles was at U of H at the time, so yeah. we we're talking about uh, a few you know different prospects, and they're sharing some stuff, and. Um, you know, Coach Aquino's like, oh, how's Rod doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, Rod's doing well. And yeah. We're, we talk about stuff, and he goes, you know, and this was unprovoked. I didn't bring this up. He said, you know, it's like if I've got to have one guy in a man-to-man situation, I might just have to go with Rod Babers. Man. And you know what? I'm sure he was saying it just to make me feel good because he knew you would tell me. But even to be in his top five, that's still pretty damn good. Yeah. If I'm in even if I'm even in consideration, yeah. honorable mention, that's still if pretty you're good. You're at the front of his mind because he's got he's got like at least seven, eight first round picks to choose from, yeah. Thorpe Award winners to choose from. You know what I mean? So, so no, man, I know how to play the man. I know how to play man to man from that guy. And yeah, man, that's why I knew I was confident playing man to man. I couldn't do much else very well. <laughs> that's hell, I know that's I why Coach Aquino said if I got one guy man to man, yeah, everything else was like, be oh, he's a B right. guy. He's B in that area. He's a B guy in his C area. No, but. And man-to-man, dude, I could do it. I could do it well. Even though Mike Tice refused to believe you were in man coverage on that interception you had in the Oklahoma game. Hey, it was just communication. Something that these guys could use a little bit yes. more of in the secondary. I yes. concur. Yeah. Uh, real quick, also want to mention on the podcast, so we have had a little bit of change with the feed. Uh, if you're an Apple Apple podcast subscriber or uh, really any anywhere you get us, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, you have noticed that it's no longer – the Longhorn Blitz app. It is the Horns 24-7 podcast app because we're nice. now under the Horns 24-7 family of podcasts under the 24-7 sports podcast umbrella. How many of those? Four now? Three. You get the Blitz. Yeah. Uh, you get State of Recruiting with Bobby Burton and Mike Roach, and yeah. then you get the flagship with Chip Brown and Taylor Estes. Nice. All three of the podcasts going to bring you something different. You guys know how we do it on the Blitz. We've been doing it for a long time now. Bobby and Mike, they give you the nuts and bolts on recruiting, and then Chip and Taylor, it's going to be more of kind of a an interview-based type show they had david like Beatty that. on last week ahead of the kansas game yeah instance. chip's got a lot of connections so mm, yeah. uh hopefully something for everybody whatever like you're that. into uh subscribe like review all that fun stuff uh on the podcast app and uh you know but the blitz isn't going anywhere we're still there in the the lo- the logo header you still see the blitz logo and actually i'm i'm an apple guy so on my apple podcast feed the blitz logo is still the one that shows up so we're not going anywhere we're not changing just adding to the family if you will uh, in the podcast world so rod we got all that out of the way let's get down to what everybody's here for to talk about what Dance, to make baby. of this game. And, mm. you know, I'll, I believe it was a Real Dirty P1 on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7 said, Yo, Jeff, you always say you guys never talk about Kansas, never spend enough time talking about Kansas. Maybe we should from now on <laughs> spend more time <laughs> on this damn show hey, talking right. about Les Kansas. Les Miles used that as motivational currency with his players, apparently. Yeah. Uh, because remember what Tom Herman said at the, totally the press took conference? took Tom Herman's words out of context. Yeah, Tom, but, Herman, Tom Herman actually was criticizing the media for yeah. not asking Tom Herman was getting on about me. Kansas. He was getting on me. He was getting on me. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I, was, I pointed at you. Yeah, you guys uh, for not asking it's more. Because so all the questions were about Oklahoma. And then I guess Les Miles was able to use that little excerpt and yeah. then told his guys. See, not even Tom Herman. They don't really. They're joking about talking about Kansas. You know Nobody what this reminded me of, Matt? 
It's a beautiful thing. It's reminding me, Matt, of one of your favorite quotes of all the guests we've had on the show. Something Kwame Cavill told us several years ago. Hey, man, false enthusiasm goes a long way. It does, man. Whatever you got to do to to get yourself up for a game, do it. There you go. And you look at 2019, and, I mean, if something's out there and it's a headline, then you can run with it. But I hadn't even heard it. We didn't hear it until after the game. We didn't hear that headline until after the game. nobody covers Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to. I mean, maybe he kept it in-house. There was one writer. I saw one writer tweet about it. But it's just so perfect that it's like, well, totally out of context, but it was a motivating force, and it could gain a total headlines, and it's just a 2019 news cycle, nope, the nope. way that things and social media can get it their own uh, momentum, and then it doesn't matter if it's actually based in truth or not if the masses believe it. That's but when I, I totally believe it was Les Miles' missed. concoction, though, because oh, yeah. we didn't hear about it until after the game. That was perfect Les job. Miles. Yeah, he did that on his own. But, that's the, hey, that's why he's a, he's a guy that's got a championship. Yeah, and so, Rod, let's go ahead and get to your analogy. Um, For Longhorn fans trying to wrap their head around what they saw on Saturday, what would you compare it to? Uh, My head analogy, I tweeted out, and some people don't like it because I think they're— I think I heard it on your show. Yeah, I don't don't understand why people are upset about it. I said the 50-48 win for Texas at home over Kansas is like having sex with someone that you're ashamed to be seen in public with. It's a win, and it's somewhat satisfying, but deep down— you know it's wrong because you believe you can do better. And it's not about the person who you are ashamed to be seen in public with. No, that's more about your insecurity. That's yes. about your issues. You're the one who got the problem. Whatever reason you don't want to be seen with them in public and while you're having these kind of shady dealings, that's on you. And right now the issues are not about Kansas. Kansas played a hell of a game. Good for them and good for Carter Stanley and everything. But Longhorn fans, they don't want to be seen in public with this win. As a matter of fact, glad it was on LHN. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all happy that it was on LHN. It was at least it was at our house and mm-hmm. it was on our network, so nobody else got a chance to, to see it. Yeah, you know, unless you had LHN and did you, you know, you went out of your way to see it. So that's my analogy. It, but I, you know, I think it's to, for Longhorn fans. They they need a way to kind of deal with the shame of a win. It's weird. Yeah. Shame, shame, and winning don't usually go but together. It wasn't really. Yeah, and to me, that's I remember that feeling, and that's I felt like to me it was winning, but it was shameful. And I remember going home, you know, uh, late night on Sixth Street, and waking up the next morning, going, "That was a coyote ugly win. I yes. should not have done that. That was that was not. I should have been better. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about the. It wasn't about her. It was more about me. I can think I of need a couple be, like spring breaks yeah, where those yeah, things happen. Robbie, you need to do better. I need to look in. That was a man in the mirror. But Robbie, do better. You got to do better. It's and an you indicator know what? You of put, your behavior. It's yeah, your behavior. It's me. Was, I need to improve. And then you went out yeah. there and have to deal with the consequences of yeah. your actions. And you did yeah. not per- look well out there. But you could live to see another day and you can go on yeah. and learn from it. You shouldn't be ashamed. People you're having uh, relations with, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And yeah. <laughs> That's more of an indicator <laughs> of that's your a, you sh- own And you shouldn't problems. be ashamed of winning. You shouldn't be ashamed of winning at all. It's winning. And you shouldn't be ashamed of who you're having sex with. But both of those give us a lot of satisfaction, but that right now it's shame and winning for Longhorn fans. Putting those together yeah, is weird. I, I wrote this on the mm-hmm. site. You know, Tom Herman and, and that team, uh, uh, Rod, you know this, having been in, in the fight. As a college football player, a college football coach, you should never apologize for winning a football game. Exactly. That said, He's every, in position. everybody on the outside looking in, we don't have to take that same approach. But no. you can apologize for your performance. <laughs> no. 
Well, and, yes. And, and, and you certain- can still not apologize, have to apologize for the win, but then admit that you had some issues and you made some bad decisions and that's sort of what you be- you ended up in this bed and then now you got to deal with it. Yeah. Well, Tom Herman did Monday. I mean, he was talking. He, he, he was. I he thought was, he was very he, and that's full circle. He was asked. He was asked. Point, he was asked yeah. point blank uh, in the in the press conference on Monday. Is it wrong for fans to be concerned that it was only a two point win when you're a three touchdown favorite? And he said no. And his exact quote was no. They should be. We have standards at the standards at the University of Texas that we need to play up to, and we didn't on that side of the ball. Referring to the defense, and you know what, I was going to start with offense because that's kind of the better part to talk about. But let's just go uh, ahead. No, and, let's start with the defense. Let's, let's just go, go ahead. Bad and, news, and then we'll go good news. Yeah. I think the offense is more good news than bad news. Let's just go know? ahead and rip this bandaid yeah. off and dump yeah. the peroxide in and get it bubbling to the surface because it's it. just oh man. Um, yeah. Here's my my issue with the defense. <laughs> my issue. Like, I was gonna say, where you want to start? What do you mean? Which issue? I just the issue to me, Rod, is that this defense right now is just so structurally unsound that. And look, let's just get the, this part out of the way. Have they have they suffered from injuries? Yes, they've been injured. Have the has the inexperience impacted this defense more than anybody probably thought it would? We talked about it all off season, but mm-hmm. we knew, hey, this defense is probably going to take a little bit of a step back, and it's going to take these guys some time to get their feet under them, especially in the central nervous system of that defense when you've got you know Keandre Coburn as a retro freshman nose guard, as good as he is and as good as he's going to be, and then the, the experience you lost at linebacker, it's going to take time for things to come together. So there's no shame in, in this defense – failing to some extent and having some rough patches. There's no shame in struggling. There is shame, however, in the University of Texas being and legitimately in a conversation for having the worst Power 5 defense in the country, which Texas is right now. Statistically, any way you want to slice it, I think I've seen the ESPN graphics. I think they're leading the nation to missed tackles. Any way you want to slice it, this defense is not good. And at Texas, regardless of what your depth situation is, Look, we, we, we railed on Manny Diaz for it. We railed on Vance Bedford and Charlie Strong for it. On that, I cannot give Todd Orlando a pass. You should never be this bad at Texas, regardless of what your circumstances are. But, Rod, there's really no – I think what people need to realize with this defense at this point is, is there are no fixes. There's nothing that's going to get fixed. Can it be better? I think it can, I think it can be better, but it's not going to get fixed. And to me, it goes back to the point that I made seemingly 10 minutes ago – it's so structurally unsound, just in one instance. I texted you Sunday when I was watching the game, and I said, are they trying to two-gap up front with their D-line? Because whatever they're doing is so bad, I honestly can't tell. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, Rod, you said the same thing. You can't tell either. Well, in the secondary, it's hard to tell at times like what coverage they're in because uh, either guys are reading the wrong keys or they're out of position. And at this point, like I, I mean, I, and Tom Herman even said it too, um, he he said it all circles back to coaching, right? So he said, basically, we need to. He said, I don't think pressing the reset button is always the answer. He said, you got to believe in something and master that something. So I think the biggest problem is on defense is they're not good at anything. There's no one thing you can kind of build your defensive game plan and ideology on. They're not good at that. They can't really rush the passer really well. They don't create pressure really well. They don't cover really well. And that's mostly due to the injuries, I think. Well, they don't a- cover really well. And they're not a good tackling team. You know, we'll talk about TCU, but 
One thing about TCU is TCU doesn't make a lot of splash plays. They're like last in the Big 12 in sacks and second to last in tackles for loss. And uh, they're last in, in turnovers and forced turnovers. They don't make a lot of splash plays. But if you look at them, they're top 10, top 20 in total defense. Be in their best total defense in the Big 12. Because they're, they're not only are they structurally sound, I think they have a lot of integrity built within the defense because of Gary Patterson and his system. As Tom Herman even said, you know what Gary Patterson is. He's been the same way for the last been 18 a four years. Down, four down quarters covered you know what I mean? for 20 because years. And, and, and the same thing with Nick Saban. Everybody knows what Nick Saban is going to do. He's going to play man-to-man coverage. There's going to be some uh, pattern match, man-zone concepts. I mean, everybody knows what he's going to do because he's been doing it for so long. You, you want and you covet that kind of consistency, consistency on defense. And he even brought this up. You don't want a knee-jerk reaction because that's what we've seen in the cycle that has repeated itself on the 40 Acres uh, with our last two defensive coordinators before this. It is the same cycle, and it is the same symptoms that come up over and over again in missed tackles. If you just fire Todd Orlando, yes, he is part of the problem. I guarantee you we're going to be reliving this cycle again. Yes. This is it's. How can people not see that and go, well, we fire him and get the next guy. I guarantee you then it's going to fix it. No, 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 guys. Yeah, it's going to get telling, worse. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen again. It's happened three different coaches, three different uh, defensive coordinators. It's going to happen again if you just fire Todd Orlando. I'm telling you that as a guy who studied it more than anybody else in this city and anybody else also with this program, I've studied and I've been bringing it up for the last year and a half. And pointing to it, I've been, the, you know, there's a, man, what is the name of that, uh, what's the name of the movie about the guy who was predicting the Wall Street collapse and nobody would listen to him? And then oh, they made I a, know <laughs> you know about. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like the only guy that was kept it saying, no, no. the big short? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the only guy that kept saying, dude, I'm telling you, it's this gonna is going to happen. You guys, are you not looking at it? This, mm-hmm. thing, this is not sustainable. This thing is going to collapse. It's going to implode. And everybody was like, ah, that guy's crazy. Keep man. on making money while we Everybody's making money. We're good. And I was like, man, I feel like that guy. I've been saying it for like two years. Guys, look at what kept happening. I've been saying it on this show, on my show, on every show. Look at it. Look at it. It's the same cycle over and over again. The symptoms are coming back last year they were missing tackles so getting back to that I don't know if you're going to fix it even this year with anything you can do you can put some type of salve on it you can type you know mask I think, it almost yeah I think you can yeah like, you can get better at tackling you can simplify things and that's what Tom Herman wants to do become a master of something simplify things where guys will have confidence playing the scheme and yes you'll be vulnerable because everybody know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you won't have that art of confusion you won't have that deception element but at least guys will be in a better position to tackle and at least you'll force teams to have to march the length of the field and you won't be giving up big pop explosive plays all the time and that alone with your top 10 offense one of the best offenses in the country You'll win games. Mm-hmm. And that's what TCU, TCU's offense is so damn bad, so they can't win games. But structurally, they're sound, and they just, they just tackle really well. And they're just always in the right position. They don't, they don't sack the quarterback. They don't pressure the quarterback well. They don't create turnovers. But they have like two or three things that they do pretty well. Yeah. And, and, and Texas needs to almost copy that blueprint. Just figure out what you do well. I, right now, I don't know what the hell it is. Honestly, I, don't know what, I have no idea what they do well. And they, they may either. not do anything well. They may just be bad at everything right now because of all the injuries. They may have to get to the point where they go, okay, you know what, guys? Even as uh, Tom Herman pointed out, our guys should be able to play man coverage and quarters coverage. You've been playing that ever since you were in high school. Mm -hmm. Man coverage, quarters coverage. Can y'all play that? Can you get in your quarter and allow nobody to get behind you and pass off routes in the quarters? And Yeah, can you do that? And then play man-to-man. Can we do that? And you can master those two coverages and say, all right, Todd Orlando. Building block. It's a foundational point. Let's just do that until – 
we figure out that we're really good at it, then add something else. And then, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, you got to almost start back to the basics because you're you're, well, you're so, literally doing that with players that are inexperienced. It, well, no, no, no. That's the problem. Yeah. Is you're taking the inexperienced guys who have even more experience because of injuries, and then you're still complicating things by having all these exactly. really exotic exactly. blitzes and pressures. Like, no, 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 dude. No. They're not going to – the guys you had starting couldn't execute those things. Those are games. things of luxury. Yeah, those are – you have to get yeah, to a baseline. There's no way uh, David Bender and – Montreal Estelle are going to be able to do it when Caden Stearns couldn't do it. You moved Bender you know to I mean? running back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I don't, so it's like, dude, you got to get back to basics. And you can tell by looking at it. And the, you know that Carter Stanley knew what the hell was going on. I, I charted his time, his, his snap release time time to throw. Dude, he's getting rid of football in 2.2 seconds, 2.3, 2.0, 1.5, 1.6, 2.2, 2 it's very few of his uh, time to throw were over three seconds. Dude, he was he identified it pre-snap and hit it immediately post-snap. And that's one of the things. So you're not deceiving anybody right, anymore. Right. That's one of the things with the Kansas plan uh, or the plan Texas had for Kansas that just makes my head want to explode because I talked to some people close to that Kansas program, and basically what Brent Deerman and that staff prepared Carter Stanley for is exactly what they got. They're like, this Texas defense, when their blitzes, is so predictable, you'll know pre-snap where to go with the football. Yeah, very calculated. And go back and look at that fourth quarter. How many Did Carter Stanley ever come off his first read, ever? Almost, uh, almost none. Like, very he was rarely. so yeah. decisive. <laughs> like, it yeah, was literally, rarely. you just It's like pre-snap, like, he died. Like you said, yeah, Rod, he pre-snap, he's looking at it, boom, that's where to go. It's like, that's what Brent Deerman told him. No, trust me, pre-snap, this defense is so unsound, you'll know where to go with the football. Well, that's pre-snap. what Joe Burrow did. Uh, you know, very easily, and Austin Kendall wasn't skilled and enough to do it. it's what kids are being asked to do yeah. at the lower level of, of football. So what used to or be the RPO based offense, exactly. So, is but if your life, if you now, if your job as a quarterback is every snap being able to make quick decisions and be decisive like that, and you feel confident in your play, or like him, I mean, he gets out there and maybe the first series didn't feel as confident. But once you have it, he did. Time or two, you, you saw his adjustment. Yes. That's a great point because I charted after. Because before that, he's he's holding on to the ball mm-hmm. way too long. He was looking and accessorizing and then realized, yep. man, I need to just get rid of it. Yep. Hit these guys. I had a guy he or did. two and yep. passed up on it. I, I think after that fourth and two where Texas failed, the first one, that's when it, I, mm-hmm. they must have had a talk or something on the sideline. And he was after that, he starts getting rid of football quickly. And that RPO game. And the thing is, RPOs, you're going to get it all quickly. And they love the RPO. Brent Dearman, as you pointed out, just wrote a book about it. So that was their bread and butter. And schematically, we'll get into some of the things they did, too, to exploit Texas and get to the edge. But Todd Orlando knows the ball's coming out quickly. like that. So you bring in pressure from five, six yards away when he's running an RPO. You know, unless it's considered a run blitz, like you're I, running you yourself know, out of a play. Yeah, well, yeah, you basically you're gonna end up in purgatory. Yeah. He's getting rid of the ball so quick. That's what happened against LSU, right, Joe? That's why they abandoned the running game. Joe Burrow's like, you know, I'm just gonna get rid of the ball quickly. They're gonna blitz me. That's great. I want them to come and blitz me because you're running out it, of the it, play. It brings clarity to my reads. Yeah. All right. You know what I mean? Because I already see where he's coming from. Boom! Once he comes. Joe Burrow is getting rid of football in 2.4 seconds game. on average. And then yeah, they are the ones in favor at yeah. that point so if you can do it so quick. He's got to start either trying to simulate pressure, which is like guys are coming, but then they're not and they're dropping back. Or you're not. You, I don't think you can do that. Uh, and that can to be too complicated right for guys. Or and I don't think I don't think it is for everybody because like Demarvio and Overshone can handle that. He was doing basically that in the quarters package. It all depends. He's got to do a better job of of utilizing his personnel too. The point I mentioned about Joseph Asai. Dude, you are taking your best player out of the play probably 30 to 40% of the time. 
There and should know, never be a play where he's 15 yards down the field, and I, ever. And I, and I know he's like, whoa, he's, we're using him in different ways. Then, get, then, get, then take that call and trash it. Exactly. Get rid of it. Like, Just like we, we, and we said the, we said the same OC thing. Hold on, hold on. Match up and go and, and, and run him out of the play. And that means you being outcoached because you, your scheme needs to be able to have your best player yep. in the front, pass rushing or run stuff. We said the same thing about Manny. We gave Manny Diaz guff for the same thing. We said any call you have where you've got Jackson Jeffcoat or Alex Oka for 20 yards down the field covering the hash, Back off. it's a garbage call. Back get off. rid of it. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You can tell me how good your system is. Uh, you've forgotten more football than I know, but I, I didn't. I, I, I was born at night. It wasn't last night. I know if any time you got Alex Oka for 20 yards down the damn field, it's a bad call. If Joseph Osai is 15 yards in the middle of the field, it's a bad call. Get rid of it. I totally agree. And you know what? And that's where we are now with Todd Orlando. And like I said, I like Tarlando. I'm not on the jump off the Tarlando bandwagon because I don't know if anybody can fix what's going on right now. Like I, he's I don't the know. best case because he's at least seen these players for like Very a true. few years or a year. Or yeah, no, you're right. Time. But because I know part of it is, like I said, it is something systemic and and cyclical going on. I do know that the injuries are unprecedented. You can say what you want. I don't remember in the last thirty years. Texas having injuries like this in the secondary. No, not in one one Ever. position group. It, it's the fear of them that we talked it's, about at running back like four stars, the year. Dude. But yeah, no, it's absurd. it's crazy. So if you go from already knowing absurd, that your baseline man. that it's going to be the most inexperienced defense, but we've seen mass issues coming into the season, you're like, okay, well, he can maybe make something out of it. Then when you lose the guys that literally weaponize the defense or your best players on the defense and the experience, it really gets you a situation that, yeah, if you had some kids that were freshmen that just stepped in and played sort of like you got conveniently last year when you had an influx of talent back there. The thing was is this year you don't you can't expect to have that every single year. And when you have those guys go down, and once you have the only way to learn when you aren't experienced is from going out there and trial and error. And it's unfortunate. Now we can learn though if these players are how quickly they learn, how quickly they grasp, how quickly they develop. Because yeah. if you see some type of you know, returns on your investment on these guys real quickly, then you know you can keep them out there, you can trust, and that's the beginning of that building block you're talking about. But if you don't have a building block of the defense or anything you do well, well, then you're just literally throwing things against the wall and seeing what works while you're out Tom Herman brought this up. He said in 2017 the Texas offense did the same thing. He said in 2017, uh, got this from Horns 247, he said uh, we thought we can do, he said we can, uh, what can we do to move the ball? You know, we were trying to figure out an offense in 2017. He said, quote, as coaches, you get frustrated at times and start grab bagging. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see things go downhill. I, I, grab bag, I'm assuming, it's just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to see what sticks. Yeah. I think that's, that's what Manny Williams Diaz injury. did later on. I think Tom Herman talked about it in 2017 with Texas offense. That's why it became the Sam Ellinger show, right? Mm-hmm. When you you got to have something you do well so that you can you can like all right we let's build this let's build on top of that all right so this concept now let's the let's QB counter with this game other concept was what they added then yeah whatever it is so he said you know that's when he went into you don't you know you don't want to ever be uh, on either side of the ball is a jack of all trades and a master of none which is when you're struggling human nature so yeah at base at, at his most basic fundamental rudimentary uh, point that's what we're talking about Tartalando, what does your defense do well. Can you can you y'all gotta ask him that next time, dude? What what do y'all do well? Like give give me the one thing. Like man, you know what? This is we do this well, and maybe it's red zone defense. I I don't know. You Go know ask what I mean? Sam. What does the defense do well against you? You know what I mean? Like what do that's, you fear? Because you got to start there. You got to start there. And if yeah. Tarlando can't figure out that little small question, then maybe the answer is he is not the guy. 
because that's the most basic place to start. And that's but why right you pay now one you're point. in the middle of a season in game week, so it's you, you have do, to deal that's, with one next week and that's build part from of it. there. That's part because you can't keep coming out week to week with a different kind of uh, uh, identity defensively, yeah. and that's what you've been doing. Yeah. Like, and now if you're the Patriots, fine. You're right. adapting. You're, you're being you know defensive. Yeah, here. which is you exactly. Great point. You're, yes. you're adapting weekly, and it's great if you're like a really good defense that can do that, but you're not that. No. You're doing it out of necessity. You're doing it because you don't do anything well, so weekly you have to figure out, like, all right, who are yeah. we going to be this week against this offense? It isn't who the Orlando we- weaponized defense we knew that Boom. played and flipped the Boom. tables on the play there callers. Now it is one He's, that's being manipulated by exactly. the opposing offense, and you're just basically trading water. It's an identity crisis at this point. While you can. There's a great movie I used to watch, romantic comedies, Runaway Bride. <laughs> and Richard Gere in the movie Runaway Bride, there's obviously Julia Roberts. She's had like four or five different uh, weddings where she, at the, at the altar, literally has abandoned the dude at the altar. And she's getting a reputation. He's writing an article about her. And he notices with every dude that she's been with, she likes her eggs differently. Uh-huh. Right? So with one dude, it's scrambled. With one dude, it's sunny side up. With somebody else, it's hard boiled. And you're like, usually how you like your eggs is how you like your eggs. That's, that's mm-hmm. so you. That's a you yeah. thing. Like, I want my eggs this way. That's how I always like them. Egg white only, baby. That's it. And he's like, you change up for every man you with. You can't, you know what I mean? That's where you're going wrong. You got to figure out who you are. Yeah. That's, that's Texas defense right now. They're. They're Julia Roberts in that move. They change up for every week, and it's like that's not really out there. When I was playing, it was like, no, we play man coverage, and we gonna blitz you. That's mm-hmm. Carl Reese. He's got he's got a couple of Thorpe Award winners back there, some first round picks. They are gonna play man. What did LSU do? They gonna play man coverage. You, mm-hmm. If you're a defense, you are gonna <laughs> do what you do. What does Muschamp do? Wait, what Muschamp? <laughs> they say Gary Patton. What you do? Oh, this is what we do. Wisconsin. What you do? This is what we do. Like Dr. Orlando, what you do? Yeah. I don't know what you do. There, there's a couple things I want to hit here, Rod, and you kind of led me into one point I, I want to talk about. You know, at, at some point you have to default, and, and this is any walk of life. I mean, I go through it at work in times where maybe you're in a rut or things aren't going well. You know, the numbers you get back from the corporate office aren't good. At times they're good, and for us they've been really good, but at times they're not. You, you know, you get frustrated, and then I just have to tell myself default. Okay, what's one thing you can do to help the issue that you do really well? Boom. And here's what I do really well. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And I go back to you telling me the story about the 2001 Oklahoma game where Bull Reese has all these different shells you're going to come out in and this elaborate game plan. And then one drive into the game, he says, screw it, we're going zero coverage and we're going to blitz the hell out of him. Well, that's Bull Reese's default. That's Bull Reese. That's what he does. (laughs) And I think in times of chaos, you go back to your default. And going back to the 2017 offense, what was Tim Beck's default? We, and we got on them. Man, they throw the ball way too much. Because that was they Tim Beck's the default. Run. They're going to throw they're, – they're, yeah. they abandon the run, they throw the football. Yeah. We saw that in the Maryland game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down, abandon the run, start throwing the football. Yep. And what was Manny Diaz's default? I was oh, going to blitz. I got to bring all these exotics. Yeah. Exotics. Too, and, and the thing with the Manny Diaz defense is if you look at Manny, what Manny Diaz does, what he does it well, not all that different from what it, like Alex Grinch does. No. It's a I lot of one-gap stuff, you, mm-hmm. but you better hit that gap really hard because if you don't, we're going to get creased, and yeah. Roshan Johnson's down the field for 57 yards, yep. and we're in trouble. Um, and I think Todd Orlando's default is, I got to bring pressure. I got to bring pressure. I got to bring pressure. But, Rod, their pressures just are so predictable and so bad. They've become predictable. That I, I, I think that's just the, the rut Todd Orlando's in. And, and the perfect example of that, go back to the LSU game. When, when you can't cover, they sort of – he had to mask one or the other. Well, you have to do one. <laughs> and Todd, you do one of them, yeah. And Todd Orlando said this the week when we talked to him after the LSU game, which, by the way, just a real quick media complaint. 
I don't think it's fair that the coordinators don't talk after games. Um, because I, I think I it's, that. to me it's ridiculous yeah. that Todd Orlando making one point seven million a year can't answer questions, and I've got to ask Joseph Osai why the defense was bad in the fourth quarter, and yeah, I've got to ask I got to ask Malcolm Roach about missed tackles. I just that's just no, me being that. picky. Yeah, but, considering mm-hmm. the money you make. Yeah, it, oh, for it, sure. it should be like a money thing. Like when you make this much money, you should have to go talk to the media. Like, I didn't. I didn't. Man. I didn't like when I didn't like when Vance didn't do it. So yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just I, I don't. I'm not a big fan. Like of baby it. and grown men, they're grown men. Yeah, <laughs> they don't answer a and, question. But yet you ran Malik Jefferson out there, and yeah, he's got to speak to the defense side. Of like very strange. Right. But and I kind of forgot where I was going with no, this. Sorry. I got off on the tangent. <laughs> but no, well, that's not an NCAA thing. That's a, that's a Texas. That's yeah. a Texas deal. True, um, but it's this thing across college. I sports. agree. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hell, I forgot where I was going with that mm. point. I'm sure it'll come back to me in a minute. But no, I mean, I, just Todd Orlando. The default for him right now is just he, he he's, he's going to be pressure. And you were just saying like the the exotics that he's trying to bring. They're just they're so they're they're becoming to the point where they, everybody can see him coming. As a fan, if you've watched Todd Orlando's defense well enough, and you know the situation, you can look at the personnel and go, oh, okay, well I know who's about to blitz. Mm. And I think that's becoming the case for the offenses too. But it's in such default mode. And this is where I was going. I got it back. Um, <laughs> You remember the LSU game, and we talked about just how at the end of the LSU game, Todd Orlando's just – we talked about it. We used the analogy. He's just kind of throwing – it's like he was throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if something was would gra- stick. What does Tom Herman mm-hmm. call it? Grab – Grab bagging. bagging. Grab bagging. He's grab bagging. <laughs> Rod, the thing that I just still can't wrap my head around is Todd Orlando. <laughs> he took – and rightfully so, he took a lot of criticism for the zero blitz on third and 17, which, again, Todd Orlando's forgotten more football than I know, but – Oh man! Third and seventeen. Third and seventeen. That, that play will forever epitomized Todd Orlando. Third and seventeen. Zero blitzes. Zero zero blitzes. Pretty far on the way down. The things I'm calling zero. Wow. But he had already made up in his mind going into that drive. I'm going zero blitz on third down. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if it was third and one, third and seventeen. And I'm thinking you're you're in that much of a rut that you've already predetermined. Regardless of the situation, Probably. that this is what you're going to do. On one hand, I can kind of respect that because you're being true to yourself, and this is who I am. This is what we are. But on the other hand, it's like it's a dangerous okay, game to play. Third and seventeen changes that. It's a, dur- it's a dangerous game to play because if you are already, you know, that in- it's already that ingrained in you. Don't you think the people that are studying your habits and your tendencies on the other side are like? Yeah, yeah. It's just so enticing coming. whenever he's, it's like, he's but I can't let Joe Burrow be back there for five seconds. So he's like, I got to get and to he, him. And, and, but and then what? Joe, a smart QB, beat you, and that's what we saw. I, Carter Stanley was. I mean, he would impress the hell out of me. He that's did. Like the best. That was the best played. game. He he's has ever like played. an NFL tape. He's undersized and doesn't have yeah. the arm, but now he has a tape to throw out there. That, he's like, I can make those decisions. Maybe he can aspire to be a Chase Daniel. No, no, no. That's a, and I talked to BK, my uh, Brad Kellner, who obviously is a Kansas fan, watches a lot of Kansas football. Who else? The hell does but I watched I watched at least four games of Carter Stanley and he said too that's the best game Carter Stanley's ever played yeah. ever I will say first game with Brent Deerman who's supposed to be one of these really young progressive innovative offensive minds and you know those guys he's supposed to be what the basically what Joe Brady is for LSU he's kind of like president he won't yeah. be at Kansas long and no. the, based on that game plan I saw, he won't be a kid. It ain't NFL tape that we like a player <laughs> running down the sideline. That was a coaching tape that got a guy hired. That's exactly what it was. He yeah. was uh, – Dearman was on Gus Malzahn's staff for mm-hmm. two years at Auburn. But, I mean, he was at Arkansas Off- Tech in Division Two. He's an author yeah, he on at the Bethel RPO. University. They were putting up numbers. Bethel – NAIA Bethel led all, all of college football at any level in scoring last 55 year. 55 points a game. And yeah. now he's got that on the resume. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is going – Yep. I'm checking this Brent Deerman kid out. Yes, I'd be looking at him. 
I'd be looking at it if I was somebody. So, but we're we're all in agreement, right? That there's there are no fixes for this Texas defense. You're not no, fix you, this. you just you just have to try to put in certain kind of fail safes within the defense. Right now, you got to fix the missed tackles, and you got to simplify like as quick as possible. Keep it simple, stupid. Not to obviously call anybody stupid, but you get that. Greg Robinson, then like yeah, go back, just kiss baby. That's what. That's just go back to cover four, cover one. You know what I mean? Everybody got it. Everybody know how to go do back it. to twenty thirteen. Keep it simple, simple, son. There you go. That's more politically PC, correct. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Go back to twenty thirteen and go go watch. If anybody, I don't know if you're a masochist and you want to. No, I do remember such that. Things. Go back and like watch that old Miss defensive film. Mm-hmm. Like they were maybe in one or two coverages the entire game. Yeah. Their fronts were basic, and it was like, look, we're just really getting back. Back to basics, but the thing Turned with Jackson, Greg Robinson, I believe, into the defensive player of the year in the by Big the, Twelve. By the time, by the yeah. time you got to the Oklahoma game, when it's okay, you got the system now. We got some fundamentals. All right, you guys ready? All right, now we're going to run zone blitzes and do all the things Greg Robinson likes to do. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know what Todd Orlando does at this point, Rod, because they're so unsound. They're unsound at every level of the well, defense. Like they're, they're part they're of def- that is on him, though. Some of that is him. Uh, you know, let's get into what well, we talked about the Joseph side person. Some of the personnel moves you talked about, BJ Foster. Uh, on my show, right, and how he uses BJ Foster. I know BJ Foster now is probably hurt, and we we obviously he's, he looks according like to Tom either. Herman, he's being examined for everything under the sun. Yeah, he, he just he mm. do, he just don't look like. I mean, that's Plains a guy who loved physicality, and literally we called him the hit man, and now he he avoids contact, that like shies away from it. That something's going on with him. Uh, but anyway, I think the like Joseph Osai thing is big, but the fact that now we've seen a blueprint where how teams can get to the edge and get to the perimeter of your defense, that's a problem. Yeah. Because, it, you know what I mean? Like we, And you can take it back to, hell, honestly, take it back to Maryland, where the jet sweep, because they added the jet sweep as an element. Mm. They put Puka in that flex, right? And they ran that 21 personnel look, a stack, full back, and then an H back, and then basically gave them nine in the box where they would jet sweep motion Puka Williams there with Carter Stanley as a plus one. By the way, he ain't a dual-threat quarterback. But Britt Dearman knows one of the kind of the Achilles, one of the, you know, kind of the, the, crypt, the points of kryptonite, mm-hmm. if you will, for a Tyler Lando defense is to make your quarterback a plus one in the running Neil game. Neil was Corndog Cornelius. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. just, just give that guy a few carries, let him run, and Todd Orlando will change the way that he, you know what I mean, that he builds a defensive Into game the plan around you. Yes, the exactly. Team and, and then you, so you outnumbered in the box. That was always a win. And then they were able to get to the edge like that. That was the same thing we saw Maryland do, except they just did it with the mm-hmm. jet sweep, the kind of the traditional one. But Mike Gundy did a great job of copying that blueprint last year. Remember, he used the two backs in the backfield. He had what was uh, he had Chuba and what's the guy that went to the league? Uh, um, uh, went to Ravens, I think. Carson. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? I'll pull him up. Uh, we're talking about Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Justice Hill. Justice Hill. There Thank you, you very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they had him. They were they used two actual tailbacks in the backfield. Sorry, Rod, I totally just spaced that. No, no, no. Thank you. Bad. And then they was able. They had that cowboy back, and they were able to get to the edge. So they ran, they ran at times kind of a twenty to twenty-one personnel look too. And they were able to get to the edge because those those uh, secondary blockers they get to the second level to block your linebackers better than the linemen would do. West Virginia right? did it with Trevon Wesco. Boom! And then and your linebackers, you don't have Malik Jefferson and Gary Johnson. All I need to do is just I just got to snip those guys. I, you know what I mean? Because Holgerson and Gundy made the same decision last year. Like you know what? Why are we gonna let's just make Gary Johnson go as far as he's got to possibly yeah. go to make a play? And and why would I try to run in in between the tackles? You can against Tarlando, but that's what Tarlando is is 
intentionally trying to clog up with the tight splits of the defensive line and all that. So I think people are – there's some things he needs to figure out too because teams, I think, are just starting to build around that concept in different ways. Brent Dillman did a – Masterful job. I love that. That that formation was beautiful. I mean, it was brilliant. What, what he might have to do, and <laughs> look, to edge every time. Yeah. we can uh, the three down, four down conversation just makes me want to swallow. I my know. Own. It makes I me want to swallow my own eyeballs. <laughs> Todd Orlando's not going to go to a four man front. He's <laughs> not like well, he's not going to suddenly. I'm a four three guy. That's yeah, not yeah. what he's going to do. Yeah. So people just stop asking about it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. One but one change he can make. Yeah, he can. Is you know what Joseph Osai is my B backer or hell if you if you think Osai is that valuable in the middle of your defense, then go with Byron Vaughn's and say you know what there the B backer is going to be on the line of scrimmage from now on because we've got to set the edge first and foremost. Is, and that's kind of Mike goes back to Joseph Osai. You got to set the edge now. Dude. People are attacking that edge. You can tell. I mean that's exactly what. And obviously Puka is special too. But that's, he's a, I think he's he might be the best running back in the Big Twelve for sure. Between him and Chuba, it's just. I mean, it, you could take which one you think is better. I, I think both of them I'll are. I'll take Puka in the modern saying, NFL. I think Puka's like right Puka, up there yeah, no, with, Chuba, with Chuba so Hubbard. I, I think Puka's going to get drafted, uh, assuming, you know, the off-the-field stuff isn't an issue. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, Puka's yeah. going to get drafted. That's a Sunday running back right there. Uh, so I'm going to take nothing away from Puka because Puka's legit. But I think now I've seen too many teams expose Todd Orlando's defense, and they always get the edge in that way. And Oklahoma did it in their own way. Go back and watch. It's, it's different. Con- it, no, it's the same concept. But it's just in different – it's packaged in different ways from yeah. different teams. You know what I mean? Oklahoma used some of that orbit motion. Yeah, that's that they, 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 they were doing it with seat. I'm telling you, you got to – everybody's kind of bringing Mac. That's in Maryland. It's crazy in Maryland end up exposing it. And that's just showing <laughs> good coaching that you're coming up against that they're, they're watching the film? They don't care what they do. It's like, no, well, this week, that's a weakness. We're going to take advantage of but it. But that's yeah. the thing about this uh, – about the Todd Orlando issue, Rod, is – People are like, well, I mean, everybody in the Big 12's figured it out. Like, okay, yeah, Mike Gundy and Lincoln Riley, they've seen it a few times. Yeah. But, like, Neil Brown's been out of the Big 12 for <laughs> six years. Hell yeah, and Brent, he was only in it for Brent three. Brent seen a lot of it. <laughs> uh, Brent, Brent Dearman's been an offensive coordinator for two weeks. He's been watching Brent it on TV. Like, yeah. he's, like, Man, he's the guy on the couch. See, no, I know yeah. what I'm going to do. No, you're so, right about that. It, it's not just the Big 12. It's... Any decent offensive mind has yeah. figured out, here's how I can attack this Todd Orlando defense, and we haven't seen Todd Orlando adjust. Yeah, and, and this game was particularly tough for Todd Orlando, so I don't, I'm not, I don't want really to be a bleeding heart for Todd Orlando, but, I mean, think about not knowing any tendencies of their opposing coordinator, like, yeah. at all. No, it's a and good they point. Watching, There's no film you know, there. No, they're watching Bethel films. Like, dude, good luck with that. If you find some tendencies from they the, could do. Yeah, and so he had to adjust on the fly. He did a really bad job of adjusting on the fly. But going mm-hmm. back to what we've really been talking job, about, the root of the problem with the defense, if you're structurally sound, you do something if you well, have yeah. something that you believe in, you can at least fall back on that. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Cause, so we've been talking about the identity crisis on defense. It's crazy. Now we've – we went from the identity crisis on offense a couple of years ago. Now we're talking about identity crisis on defense. But, yeah, because you're something different every week, you got the runaway bride syndrome going on. In a game like that where you don't even know what to be because you don't even know what you're facing. Yeah. Oh, dude, you were just you – And know then I mean? you can't tackle? And then, and no, yeah, then you can't tackle. Then you got the injuries. It was, it was kind of the – yeah, I mean, that was the, the worst-case scenario pretty much. Well, and that's the where perfect went, storm, if you will. And, and at least with this situation with the defense, you can – like we talked about already with the injuries, it's more – it's hopefully, if you're looking at it, you can see a reason that it's a short-term issue, not necessarily – I think so. It's just, and I that's a that. big different thing to discern between the two because this isn't as if Orlando's falling off a cliff and now the – 
Texas defense is going to be fear or not feared anymore. It's like if you get that personnel back and healthy, I still have confidence that certain things. I've always felt that those way. different yes. foundational blocks can be there. But, the tackling issues can be remedied, and also the communication issues on the back end, which if you give up explosives can be manipulated, yeah. then you aren't even doing your normal job or tackling, then it's just like almost impossible to be a successful defense. But you can't count on, I agree with you, they get guys back healthy, I, that's almost the only remedy we're talking about. Yeah. Just, you just need healthier, better, Survive more experienced bodies. It doesn't look like that. I'm knocking on wood, but that it, that's not really happening the way you want it. Guys are coming back and getting injured again. And, it's not, you know, and you can't count on It'll that. It'll be a couple weeks. For yeah. Green, so, still but even yeah, then, when this Kate Stern might think about redshirting at this point. I mean, I know. Am I being crazy for thinking about no. if you're Kate, right? He's played a if few he's not 100, percent he's, he's played also like, the type of talent that you don't really think of fifth year guys. But he, it would be available. I, I'm, I'm, it would be available. But if, if you're Kate Stern no, and right, you're, right. you're you've played what two two and a half games, whatever it is. You know you got a Sunday skill set. You know you're an NFL player. At, you know when you're yeah. playing your best. If you lose a few games, it makes a ton of more sense. Yeah, it's than like it you would. know what? I might as well. I think even Texas was like, you know what? I might need to think I about want, it. It would help I'm us Kay, out. If I'm Caden Stearns, I don't want to put a lot of bad film out there. If I'm BJ right? Foster, I don't want to put a lot of bad film out there. You know what I mean? If I'm Texas, like man, I can keep Caden Stearns for at least one more year. You know what? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking about like we're we're getting deep into the season and guys are still getting more and more banged up. Yeah, we're running out of games. We're running out of games for guys to get healthy. So I agree with you on that but I will say this um I think for for Texas ultimately it some of it is systemic but Texas has to break the break the uh the cycle they got to break the cycle and part of breaking the cycle is I think Tom Harmon's going to do it sticking with Todd Orlando you know usually the third year at this point we was like fire that guy fire him and we got that way with Diaz got that way with Vance Bedford I don't think Todd Orlando's going to get fired I think he's going to stay and he's going to stick through it and hopefully that is part of you breaking the cycle because when you do bring in a different regime every year, that inconsistency, you'll never be what Gary Patterson's defense is or what Nick Saban's defense is or what, you know what I mean, those great defensive right. traditions. You'll never be that LSU when you're changing defensive coordinators every three years. Well, yeah. never. My, my thing on the Orlando situation is this, and you guys know I've, I've been on the Todd Orlando bandwagon from day one. I, so you got to hope he a, just evolves. I was a big fan of what he did at U of H. Yeah, because you finally have some staff con- continuity for exactly. the first time. So I'm not, I, and I'm usually one of the last people to jump on the bandwagon. Like when everybody wanted to fire Mac, I was probably the last person that jumped. I was in, one of the last two that jumped in and said, "Yeah, yeah. this isn't going to work. It's probably time to just yeah, cut back and move that. on." What Tom Herman has to ask himself is this: What's going to allow him to maximize the time he's got left with Sam Ellinger? That is true. If he doesn't, if if there's nothing right in these next five games and a bowl game that let's Tom Herman see, you know what, this just isn't working out, then he's got to cut bait and move on. Agreed. He yep. can't He can't do that. I don't want to hear, if it gets to that point, I don't yeah. want him to do the Mac Brown thing. I don't want to hear, well, Todd Orlando's staying, but you know, Chris Ash will be the analyst, and he's hanging around. He and for Mac with Greg Robinson. It did, but, but think about that. Like You basically wasted half that year. Very true. You, you know, you forget about yeah. BCS or anything like that, yeah. and then it, part of it just becomes about survival. Good point. It can't be like that for Tom Herman. In the in his last year with Sean Watson with Charlie Strong, yeah, it can't exactly. Yeah. Don't keep it a year too long. Exactly. Don't yeah. if you if you're not a hundred percent sure, then just just cut it loose. But if you really believe that this is the guy, then give him every Everything opportunity he he's got to like. Yeah. You know what? It might come down to taking one of Drew Manager, Derek Wareheim, or Corby Meekins, one of those offensive assistants, and saying, "Sorry, guys, but I got to have another coach on defense." Yeah. Yeah, I agree or I've got a higher linebackers coach, so T.O. can step back and look at the big picture. Agreed. 
Or maybe you got to look at the players you're bringing in for a system if this if the players aren't right now where they should be the guys you have recruited. I mean, that's part of it too. I mean, I I think right now you got to do you got you got to look at a lot of different things. I mean, you're having a lot of different injuries. You got shoulder injuries, so you got to start looking at strength and condition. I know it's I mean, people like think that's weird, but no, I mean, you got to look at when you have this many injuries, you uh-huh. got to go say, "All right, what are we doing is what are, are we strengthening? Should we be doing more to strengthen these areas for our guys, or, are or we should we be doing to, less? Yes. So are we wearing them down too much? We, we got, talked about that. Did it happens with Matt, that was yeah. a, and that yeah. was a conversation about Herman specifically the first yeah. two years he was here because how much different and physical oh, yeah. things were, and then each time we've seen late in the year, we've been wondering, well, why isn't that guy out there injuries? Toward? You got to look at but, all and that, and it's a tough thing to a, marry it is, the two. It is, but I'm saying you got to look at. It. I'm yeah, not saying yeah, it's yeah, a problem. No, I'm sure, saying you got to sure. look at everything. At like this if point. I like if I'm Texas. If I'm Derek Chang and the guy's a player personnel, I'm checking the portal for inside linebackers every day. Uh, you probably should. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, so, yeah, I just say it, it it's got to be a wholesale kind of uh, bird's eye view and looking at everything. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think either, he's got to make that hard decision. That's where you've got to yeah. go with Todd Orlando. You've either got to yeah. go all in 100% or you've got to move on, Agreed. one or the other. Don't be, don't be anywhere in the middle. No. Yeah, I agree with that. Because and, you know, Todd Orlando's got time to prove it, though. Right. That's what yeah, I'm saying. He's got, time. he's got five games. But yeah. if you're Tom Herman, if you see something in these next five games that leads you to believe that, okay, I can you stick with Todd it. Orlando, then if that means certain assistant coaches on defense got to go or you got to – Make a cut on offense to give you an extra body on defense. Whatever the case may be, yeah. you got to go to grad transfers for linebackers. There's a number of different things it. we could talk about. Yes, go like all Lincoln in. Riley fix it. did uh, uh, what it looks like anyway. It looks yeah. like mm-hmm. it. Go fix it. Just yeah. go fix it. You, you, yeah, identify the problem and go fix it. Yeah. He knows. He's a deep football thinker. I I really actually got a lot of faith that he's going that Tom Herman will fix it. The offensive identity crisis. We talked about how he fixed it. That was his side of the ball though. So he's got to do basically what he did over there now on the defensive side of the ball. It, yeah. it goes back to me, though. The issue for me, though, and this will kind of get us into start talking about the offense. Yeah. If you're Tom Herman, your, pri- your primary focus should be how can I maximize the time I've got left with Sam Ellinger? How do you maximize yeah. this window? Because, Rod, you've clearly got a quarterback that Special. you can go win a championship with, yep. that sh- you should win a conference championship with. That you should be in the mix for the college football playoff with. But you're running the risk now if your defense is so bad. Like, uh, you guys know me. I'm a firm believer in Bill Parcells. Like, Rod, I know you're a big Bill Walsh guy. I'm a, I'm a big Bill Parcells guy. Love the Bills. All of them. It's something I heard. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird how that works out. Um, but something I heard Parcells say one time, it doesn't matter what era of football you're talking about. If you cannot turn the football over oh, and, yeah. and play reasonably good enough defense – doesn't matter what error you're talking about. That's going to win you a lot of games. You'll be in it. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Hell, 49ers are kind of doing that right yeah, now. And and for Texas, you've got this offense, which, you know, you look at uh, – it doesn't matter what metrics you look at. You can look at the raw numbers and NCAA statistics. I looked at SP+. Plus. Texas is six in the country right now in SP+. Plus offense. Yeah. And you look at the teams ahead of them, it's like Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, Washington State, and Ohio State, I think, are the five ahead yeah. of Texas right now. Um yeah, I mean it's you. You this is this is it. This is what as a Texas fan, it's like okay, the offensive identity crisis is over. Yep, like you got that much figured out. Uh, I, but what what the Kansas game showed you, Rod, is kind of the state of affairs in the program right now. The offense, basically, well, you talked. You made a great point after the OU game. The offense is gonna have to outscore people. I think it's a step further after the Kansas game. The offense basically has to be perfect until the, the defense era shrinks considerably. Until the defense can do something reasonably well 
until they do yeah. something that you say, okay, we feel like we can count on the defense to do this. When we're talking about complimentary football, and I totally agree, I think at this point, since we're you know moving to the offense and talking about, obviously, TCU in a second, I think Texas – needs to make sure their special teams, because especially with something you actually can improve on, like I, I think you can get like exponentially better during the season. As we pointed out, the state of the defense, it, it is what it is. It, you know, unless Jesus himself takes over the defense, I really don't see it getting that much better until guys are actually coming back healthy, and I don't even know if that's going to happen. You can get better on special teams, because right now your two phases of the game are dragging your top 10 elite offense down. And, yes, they shouldn't have had turnovers, one in the shadow of their own goalpost, and then the Jake Smith uh, fumble, and then there's the fourth and twos that we, we got to get into. Those should have happened, and two of those on Tom Herman, in my opinion. But they still got it. They're not perfect, so there still needs to be a margin for error. The defense is so bad, and the special teams is, eh, you know what I mean, this is average. That and a Dicker's not average, but the overall special teams end up being average. Sort of exceptional. Masks. You would be very yeah. deficient in certain areas like the return game, but a guy like yes. Kicker, even Buchevsky's net uh, yardage that he gets makes it to where you grade out as average, even though pretty much you can really give up a lot of points or field position if you don't know how to cover returns or return. Or, or yeah, turn yeah, it you're over. making yeah, you're making bad decisions when you're catching the football into the, the field game, position and all good. that. Return game. Yeah. Horrible. Exactly. Um, I think Brian Davis was once said it was a hundred that punt return hundred and thirtieth in the country. So getting which that, makes you butt naked last, by the way. Butt naked last. Yeah. Right? That's what happens um, when you only return a few and then a few are for negative yards the other way. So I think getting better on special teams, complimentary football, offense, elite, and then your defense. You just got to go win. You got to drag that phase along with you. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a dead it's it's a dead body and it's a carcass. Mm-hmm. It's and you know what I mean? You just dragging it along with you, man. At this point, it's just holding you back. It is special holding you teams. Back, but you still got to bring it through the desert with you to try to get to the Big Twelve title game. Special teams, special teams <laughs> or you can are leave it behind and let the no, no, no. You need it. You try to you got to take it to safety with you. Go special teams, <laughs> special teams. At this point, guys, it, it's it's complete feast or famine. On yeah, yeah. special teams. Which and makes it average. Like yeah. you said, we talk about punt returns. You're getting nothing out of the return game right now. And if I were Texas, I would not fair I, I would fair catch every kickoff for the rest of the year. It might I would not return. Overall the kickoff. averages probably would be yeah. on your side. I would not kinda like we talk about going for it on fourth down, which I'll get to here in a second. Um I, I would fair catch every kickoff the rest. I would say we're not returning another kickoff. Uh I don't disagree with that. I mean, honestly, Mike, just look at that. Just look at way, how good your offense is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't want Rod, to hurt again, and have to go further than you need to. Exactly. There are people listening to this that have forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But why was Deshaun Jamison trying to field a kickoff that's going out of bounds? Well, the thirty-five uh, yard technicality where you can get it get if it. it's going and it goes out while you're not in bounds. There's the technicality. Uh, okay, I gotcha. you go out there and touch it and have the leg straddle that you get it up at a forty. It's an odd college football technicality. Interesting. Hmm. There you go. Well, either yeah, I'm, I'm, it's why he did it both times. Herman addressed okay. it in the press conference. But yeah, I've seen other colleges go that if like you can go stand out and then field huh. it in, you get it up like it was a ball that was kicked out of bounds. Oh. So there's that. There you got a little loophole. Nice. It's a loophole proven, thing, I'm, but it is. It's that's pretty cool. I've been know proven that. wrong on. There you go. Okay. So there's I have, that. I'm Michigan. I think. Well, there you go. That's actually. That's actually. There you go. So that's actually knowing the situation. Great situation or awareness. But you have to execute it. That's true. And is that? Judgment call worth five yards of field position? Uh, well, 
Eh, I mean, we, we can't complain about guys not trying to maximize field position and yeah. then, you know, and also criticize them for trying it's to five do yards, it. though, Rod. I know. It's five it's, yards. But, but, I mean, but it's the same thing. People are mad about uh, trying to get closer for Dickers' field goal, right? Which we'll, mad about we'll, the, get, we'll get to literally, that. Literally, Jeff, it's the same reason you're saying that they should fair catch it instead of return it. You're talking about five yards or something. And okay. Again, you know. All right. Okay. I'll, now, I'll just But I'll, as opposed I'll take the to L. the risk of trying to catch it or fumble it, exactly. uh, go out, that's or what if you you're winning. Yes. Or, or if you misperform it, you go out of bounds at the three and you get the ball at the three. Yeah, you know if what you I mean? don't do yes. it well, you're yeah, taking yeah. a calculated exactly. risk. Exactly. If, you, if you're not effective in terms Eliminate of, Eliminate yes. the risk. And, and right saying. now, they there haven't go. been really that that good. And yeah, Here's the one that, here's the special teams issue that blows my mind that nobody's talked about. I haven't, maybe I've, People talked about it. I haven't seen it. The Joseph Osai block field goal. Now, the block extra point by great. Malcolm Roach, great play by Deshaun Jameson. Yeah, great, great play by Roach. Awesome. Great play by Jameson. The block field goal. Why are there any orange jerseys around at football? And why was – I think I don't remember if it was Kobe Boyce or somebody bent over and tried to pick the ball up. Because you can't advance it? It went Leon Lett. Was that- exactly. Don't touch the damn ball. <laughs> well, it, it's the same thing. Herman talked about this on the Rewind, Game Rewind, and he just said that, like, we got to make sure our guys know that when it's a block kick and it passes the line of scrimmage, now it is a, a live, live ball. ball. So if you touch it, do not recover it. They only need to recover it like a fumble when it's a first down. It's not yeah. that they still don't get the ball. It's like, no, it's like a conversion. It's a change of possession, and then they get, get, get it back. So if yeah, you yeah. block it, and you're going to go for the scoop and score. Make, Make sure, sure it's, it's behind on eye, that, side that side of the line of, the line of scrimmage. scrimmage. But if you block it and yeah, it goes past the, the line yeah. of scrimmage, you got that's another technicality yeah. that no, you got to know. No, no, and you that's got, a yeah. thing that inexperienced players that don't know what they're doing or haven't been out there, you gain those things via experience. That's and we even true. heard Herman say, we're going to put more starters on special teams this week. And now that scares me for health-wise, but it's because he knows that there are mistakes being well, made by also, inexperienced players. Listen, if you're a coach, you got to ask, did you remind the guys before that play? Yes! Was it so they did? Did they remind the guy? I don't know. Because you got. So um, even this goes back to DuVernay (laughs) and the uh, Oklahoma game and even the Brandon Jones uh, trying to feel the punt, uh, the punt return, right? And it's like, you know, you got to tell these guys, honestly, I remember. I literally remember people coaches yelling at you. Yeah, right before you go out there. I literally remember you know, the other things you told your friends. I know, Dad, yeah. but they still right? tell you because they still that's tell good you. Yes. It's exactly right. So I, I don't know if that's happening, but the coaches need to have the bullet points of the situational football yep. and go, hey, this situation, this is the reminder. This is the point, guys. Remember this. Do not do this. Do this. Whatever. Yeah, have we need to wristband our yeah. special teams. So uh, you know, obviously the players, it's on them. They, that's their responsibility. But the coaches, hey man, how can how can you help prevent? That from happening. Yes. Really remind the guys before they go out there. That's and then, you know, if they do that, you know what will happen? The leaders on the team, when they go out there, they'll start repeating it. Because they, you know, we're just soldiers. So we're just going to out there going to repeat what Coach said. Hey, man, remember Coach said, don't touch it if it goes on the line of scrimmage. And so if there's six, if there's you know, six guys around the ball, some one of those six should be yelling to make a Peter call or something. Should be telling you, yeah, get away from us. There needs to be a leader there. I agree with you, man. It's, it, it's, a, it's a miscommunication or a failure of communication like all the way around. The, the, special, the special teams issues yeah. to me are almost more egregious than the defensive issues because. They, they're so preventable. Yes. They're so preventable. The you ones, sh- are, yeah. And, and that's one thing I expect from a Tom Herman coach team because I saw it at U of H. We've seen it at Texas. Yeah. His team's been really good in the kicking game. And he's he's a Belichickian guy and his other phase of the Tom game. Tom Herman was a special teams coach. He knows how important teams, this yeah. stuff yeah. is. So I don't – yeah, I'm with you. I don't get that either. That's – I think he's been – 
so um, immersed in the offense and the development of the offense, and it is. It looks amazing, by the way. I love, right. And offense is good. Yeah. Even though you underachieve versus Oklahoma, you, you, I wish you'd have just, you know, uh, had a better game plan versus Oklahoma. It's probably my only complaint so far of the offense, but it's been it's a top 10 offense. It's hard to complain about that. I think he's been so whipped by uh, the offense, just trying to make sure it's right, and the defense. I think he's kind of ignored how bad his special teams has become, and he's got to fix that. That would help you win some games. That's hidden yardage. Crazy part about it, he's an Urban Meyer guy, and Urban Meyer even got on him in the Oklahoma game. Urban Meyer was like, man, the, the amount of hidden yardage that Texas lost in this game, it's got to be 200, 300-something yards of hidden yardage. Uh, we look at the starting field position for Oklahoma. I think it was, what, 37-yard line. And for mm-hmm. Texas, it was, what, the 19? Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You look, the, Doubled you, them. When, when, you're, when you're that in, you know, ineffective defensively, man, that hit yardage is huge, huge. And this game for Kansas, average field position, 36.9. Texas, 22.9. Dude, you're that's just giving up. <laughs> 14 yards, and you're talking about 30 is your average, national average is 29 and a half. So we're a good seven yards behind, and we're giving them eight yards. I mean, you're literally wow. tilting a field by a fifth of the whole field. That's the crazy. other team that only is, has I, to play one that's a way great stat right the there. other way. Yeah, that's freaky, man. That's, that's, a, that's freaky bad. In yes, <laughs> very bad. For Texas. Not what you want. Yeah. So that, you know, I'm, I think I said I was going to lead But us. Dicker is the man, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you can about teams, but Dicker, Dicker, well, that's what man. I'm saying. Right? Like, like Dicker, Chris Fowler and Herbstreit <laughs> yeah. were like in their like studio truck yeah. and it's just uh, Fowler impersonating Gus Johnson screaming, Dicker, Dicker the kicker. No, Dicker is a, Dicker, you're going to be a college football legend. He's just reminding me of every, Justin Tucker right now. Well, How direct, like. He's just drills it, and mentally it's as if he's in his own world Exactly. And he's there. Well, now that, he's got the eye of the tiger, which we all and know. Every like, kick he, he's clutch. is dead center 50. He's clutch on that, but I, he's, I mean, in terms of name, marketability, I mean, he is, he's going he's gonna to be a, co- a college football legend. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm saying. People get name, that kind of name as a kicker, dude, he's going to – you always remember Dick of the Kicker. Yeah, and when you hear the name, Westlake. you never forget the name Dicker the Kicker, no matter where you are, no matter yep. what you're doing, even if you're a football fan or not. When somebody says Dicker the Kicker, you go Dicker the Kicker, yeah. and that's his name, you never forget it. And, and we, that's what I'm saying. He's going to be one of the most famous kickers of all time. That's my theory because of his name. I agree Dicker fully, the kicker. and he may be better than Tucker. And <laughs> it's like, like he's it's good. another odd Westlake-Tucker with a better name. Thing, like a rivalry yeah. between but, the two. It's like, I'll one up you. But Justin Tucker can like sing opera and stuff. He's a very yeah. talented yeah. individual. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Rod, you know, there's all the kickers you were around, the Dusty Mangums and guys like that. They're all just a little kind of quirky. They are quirky. You want your kicker to be quirky. Our kickers these yeah. days seem a little different than the Pinos or the Mangums from back in my day. But I may just be looking at it from the outside. You're just an old man now. Rod, was there a, exactly. was there was there and you were around kickers in the league too. Was there ever anybody that you're like, man, that's just just a weird guy? Uh most of the kickers are pretty weird. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't know if I went around there and it was like really strange and weird. Oh, uh, what was the one? Is it man? What's its name? I did go around one kicker who got like, like the roided Sauerbrunn. Is it Sauerbrunn? I think it was. Yeah, I've heard you tell stories of yes, Sauerbrunn, dude. And was, I was like, that's the dude that was that the roided dude out was, kicker. And it makes sense now. Yes. He seemed like he had roid rage. He was a strange <laughs> dude. Yeah. Todd Sauerbrunn was strange. He was old, but he was cool. But he was just a strange kicker. But yeah. 
you need to write a like a short story book on your time with the Broncos. You oh, had good. Todd Sauberon and Jerry Rice, Maurice Claret, <laughs> and then like your Maurice DBs Claret. from like that was oh, like yeah. the that was yeah. fun. Remember the D? Yeah, one of DBs got murdered. Remember Darren what Williams? Darren yeah. Williams. Yeah, one of the DBs like where we got murdered. Was in that yeah. same team as like a rookie. Yeah, and he's talked about that. Game. It was crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, that was a wild. You're right. That was wild. Yeah. Shannon, yeah, Shanahan was there. Was Remember you told me your story about Jerry Rice and the sauna. You just oh, the sauna dude, Jerry love Rice love hanging out with Jerry or Rice. Jerry man. coming and following <laughs> y'all to the club, dude. I, I, I well, I was invited to the strip club with Jerry Rice, Ge- the gentleman's club. Sorry, there's a the, the, <laughs> no, but that like was, this was crazy braided Jerry Rice too. This was the yeah, the, the, the receding hairline. Yeah, this is obviously old man Jerry. Yeah, we're we're all around the same age though. I mean, there's certain icons of your youth, and when you see him, you're like, oh my god, it's Jerry. Oh no, dude! I that was one of the great experiences of my life being teammates with Jerry Rice and covering Jerry Rice. I covered Jerry Rice like I am. <laughs> I'm pretty set in my, my football world. You know what I mean? Like pretty I'm good. Awesome. You yeah. got no reason to hang your head, Rod B. Yeah. And really, neither does the Texas offense after what they did in the Kansas game. I mean, look against KU. You you know, let's take out the block PAT. You score 48 points. You put up 638 yards of total offense. That should be enough to blow out pretty much anybody. You it play. should be. It should, should be. be. Wasn't. The one issue I want to talk about, because I want to end this talking about some good stuff as we get into TCU. Okay. But the one issue I want to talk about well, is Tom one. Herman in the fourth downs. And fourth and two, baby. Fourth we, and two. You know, we talked Oklahoma State was really kind of the last time we're like, okay. Because I feel like we said a lot in 2017 and a couple times last year. Mm-hmm. And, Matt, you've got the numbers to back it up. You've done the research. I know you're one of the guys that has because you've shown me your research. The numbers all say at certain parts of the field you're better off going for it. Yep. I don't disagree with Tom Herman on that decision. What I do disagree with is, man, some of these fourth down calls just they're stupefying. Yeah, I don't get it. Really, there's really they make no sense. Really, no other way to describe it. To the second one, I believe you see the camera and Tom Herman just say, "What is that? Or, what was that like? I don't know. It, it was the first time <laughs> the that Jake I Smith think one? I can draw. The Jake no, Smith the one? second one was a pass to Brewer. Oh, that the Brewer was. One. No, and I really, I don't know if he was yelling like, "What is that on the play call upstairs?" or like, "What was that? Who like screwed up?" But it was the first time where there was clearly. Him not happy with whatever went down via communication between the field and the top. They got to figure it out on the third, fourth, and two where they just lined up in a power set and just handed Roshan Johnson the ball. Seemed like it was yeah, perfect. I mean, I one of Colin Johnson kind of lines up at the H. Like, this goes back to yeah. – I, I, I promise I was never going to rant about Kansas yeah. again, and I'm like <laughs> almost there. This goes <laughs> you back just quit uh, promising that. I know. <laughs> we, since then, we almost fired one coach in his third year, and then we almost did it again this like, time. Whenever, like, whenever this would have been a third year loss to Kansas exactly say, yeah, when we, Charlie we've, got we've canned. We've almost lost I to Kansas a couple it. of times. Whenever well, this Kansas one is, is on exactly the schedule, what fired Charlie. Pretty much. Whenever third Can- year lost to Kansas. Whenever yeah. Kansas is on the schedule, I should just take that week off Dude. from now on. I should, take the day <laughs> I should just take the vacation yeah, Kansas time. Kansas loss has been brewing for a while, yeah. Make sure not to go up there at least. <sighs> what? Yeah, I've been up there. I was up there for the, the Case McCoy Rescue game that on the bench. Yeah, Rod that was, you were there. that was bad. Rod, can man. I share? Can I share the locker room story from that game real quick? Because oh, it just man. makes me chuckle. Can oh, I share man. it? Yeah, go ahead. Because none of the parties involved are at Texas anymore. Oh man. Um, so Rod, you could fill in the gaps where I'm wrong. But Rod's doing locker room stuff, and it's like <laughs> the coaches like all shower in the same little broom closet locker room in Lawrence that everybody else has to. And it's like Brian Harson and like all the coaches are in there, and Harson likes coming out of the shower again. Rod, you can correct or stop me if at any point oh, I'm, I'm inaccurate. Harson's coming out of the shower, and he's just, like, besheveled, like, with this offensive performance. And Max droning on about, oh, it's just like 2004 when Vince Young hit Tony Jeffrey with the pass, and then 
Mac leaves and Harson just has this look on his face, like I have no idea what the hell he was just <laughs> no, talking about. No, it was bad. Yeah, because and he was he was like I think he was still like in his towel too. It was weird, you know what I mean? And Mac, well, a lot of people were learning that coaches shower after games uh, right now. Yeah, well, it was just yeah, it was just weird. Mac came in there trying to pump him up, and you could tell that Brian Harson had I, I don't know if he had given up, but he looked like he was checking out. Like he, he was, was having none of it that right. day. Yeah, he looked like he was checking out, man. And and honestly, I think most of it was just due to now. I, we learned later the culture of that. Mac wasn't close with those coaches. Like no. he wasn't. We know now he was distant from those coaches. Yeah. So they were like, dude, don't come in here, right? You're not even. He was your just hired a, offensive assassin. Yeah, at this point, he was a figurehead. And that's, I think that was why Brian Harson looked at him like he was crazy. And that's probably why he took the Arkansas State job, so I didn't see him. Uh, there you go. <laughs> probably got something <laughs> to do with it. And it also <laughs> still is crazy that that BCS Michigan team almost lost if it wasn't for that last play against, you know, Kansas with Vince in the back against to Tony Jeffrey. Like, it still blows my mind watching that. I watched it yeah. in the said Benson game. Like, that could have derailed so much before 05 that you didn't hit find Jeffrey in the back of the that's end zone. I mean, That's true. But that was a good team, though. No, yeah, exactly. I'm just gonna, that's what's so weird about that it. That was a good team. I'm just going to I'm just gonna take the Kansas Akeem week Tlaib off from now on. Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris. <laughs> when I rewatched it and saw Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris on the right? sideline, I was like, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, exactly. Um and that, keep in mind that Kansas team was only three years away from going eleven and one and winning that, the Orange Bowl. Exactly, Kansas team had talent, man. Um, but anyway, getting back to uh, Texas and, and Kansas, you know the the fourth down calls. I, I think if you're Tom Herman, I, I think you've you've beyond lost the benefit of the doubt at this point. Like you, you should not have another bad fourth fourth and short call the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like there's no excuse for us to continue to sit here and say agree with the decision, don't agree with the call. Agree with the decision, don't agree with the call. Like. Yeah, I think he's I, overcomplicating himself. I, I agree. He, do, he doesn't. Well, it's predictable. I'm going to run Sam. Well, do it because it's it almost, works every time. Yeah. It's almost like right. Yes, ever exactly since right. that power stretch got stopped on the goal against LSU, I don't think they've gone back to it. Uh, I haven't seen it much. No, now, they haven't. They haven't really. They haven't really had to do the the bam bam Sam um, kind of red zone or goal line uh, offense. Really hadn't needed it much because the red zone offense has been so good. Mm-hmm. And your offensive line's been really good in those situations. And, which again, you know been, if you've got fourth and two, line up and run the damn ball. Yeah, so I think they should. I don't know. I don't know why they overcomplicated that. That made no sense. Even the, the Jake Smith one was ridiculous too. It's like you have Sam Ellinger who can was a two hundred and thirty pound fullback when you need him to be a quarterback. Just run them straight ahead. What's the, as many issues as this offensive line's had yeah. pass blocking, and I overcooked the bacon on the offensive line. I'll take the L on that one. This is not the best Texas offensive line we've seen in the last ten years because yeah, they clearly I mean, got it, issues. It was for a while. Overcooking bacon is a crime. Yeah, it is <laughs> definitely. I'm fat. I would know. Trust me. That's why, that's why I go with food analogies. Some people like it crispy. Though. But what's oh, one? What's the one thing this offensive line does maybe better than any offensive line in the conference? Run block. Baby. They can get downhill and yeah. move people off the ball. Yeah. So on fourth and two. Let them get downhill and move people off the ball. Yeah, you, you're making it way too complicated. Exactly. Yeah, football is a simple game made complicated by simple men. Amen. Just sometimes it's again, I'll butcher Occam's razor, but sometimes the the most the best ex- answer is the simplest one. Like yes, like that. Just run the ball. Just run the ball. No, not only that, you got a quarterback that's. Arguably, his best quality and trait is He's that the best goal line <laughs> right? red zone short yardage yeah. weapon in the country. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I don't get that either. That made no sense at all. And uh, they got it right. And one of them anyway. Your calls need to be good because if you miss it, now you're putting your defense on a shorter field. And this defense has been terrible in sudden change situations yeah. this year. That's probably that's probably more the issue too. Is that you can't afford now the margin for error is so 
you know, shrink so considerably, you can't afford to put your, your defense in that position. No. Yeah, you might have to now start rethink, rethinking your fourth and twos at, at, at certain points, too. Just because your defense will never, and maybe he'll become even more aggressive because he needs to. You know what? You know what, Tom Herman. <laughs> like, you know, I need the points. Honestly, need you points, know what, Tom Herman needs to figure it. out. Yeah, he needs to figure out really a what is Cameron Dicker's range given the field conditions and the weather conditions. Uh, number one, that's a good point. And number two, he needs to figure out can Bushevsky or Dicker can one of them give me a really good coffin corner kick? Yeah, I agree with that. Try to give your defense a lot of lot of field. Uh, because look, Rod, you know this is a defensive guy. If they're going to drive it 97 yards on you, then they were going to score anyway. You're terrible, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. But if you can just if you can make them take 10, 12 plays to mm-hmm. do it, you know that that helps your offense. That's all your offense really much needs. But you know going I mean? 55 or 60 on a sudden change on yeah. a defense that doesn't have any confidence as it is, yeah. But that's how small the margin for error, like we keep saying, that's how small the margin for error is for this offense And if you think Mm -hmm. about it, and if you're admitting that they're going to score anyways, it's quicker to score in 60 and get that score (laughs) back than it is to score in 90, like Rod was saying. So it's that area that you have the upside of getting seven or two threes don't even equal seven. And then the lost time that you get in the ball. And then... You already suck at field position, so it's like, well, in this one, we need to just keep the ball away from them. We aren't in the luxury of dealing with field position. This kind of goes. Points up this kind of goes back to though, kind of the Tom Herman Todd Orlando decision I talked about with Tom Herman. I faced down the road. If you don't have a fourth down call that you feel like this is money, this is I don't money. care whatever front they come out or whatever they want to do, we we're this. gonna we're gonna get this. Two, we got if it. you don't feel that good about it, then punt whatever i don't care do it's do when the numbers yeah. game can get in your head i mean we talked about it even back in the beginning whenever we first started to see the qb run game become in vogue but it just sort of pointed out that it seems like you're always gonna err on the side of the favorable advantage but then you're gonna border on becoming predictable if the opposing coaches know you're doing that yeah because there are ways you can mask here's it, it, can i just say this here's why i rant and why i get upset I'm not upset for myself because I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm upset for the fans that the fans that we talk all off season and we share we share what we're hearing from our. No, this is this is me talking as a as a as a writer who's putting out a product that fans read to get them ready for the season. And I share what I'm hearing from my sources. And Rod, you do the same. And we talk about what we're hearing from the inside and how internally, like this is what you hear that all this is going to change and they're going to have this and this and this. And then when it doesn't come to fruition and now, my thing is, I keep going back to the Sam Ellinger point, like, man, are they really going to, like, waste this time they got left with Sam Ellinger because the defense is so bad? Like, I feel bad for the fans that just want to watch a Texas game and not have to worry about, man, it's 50 points against Kansas going to be enough. No, I agree. At least you survived it, though. So yeah. At least you still haven't ruined anything with Sam yet. Yeah, I think I think Sam is – I think the offense to me and, and what Sam is doing is, I think, above and beyond what we thought we'd get from the offense, honestly. I think yeah. the offense is really, really good. And I still think they can grow. I think they, – I still think they're not even, you know, weaponizing every aspect of that offense just yet. We've just seen more healthy. Cade Brewer. Yeah, you know what I mean? So the offense has a lot of room to grow. I think they didn't know the defense would be this bad. No. Um, there's they, n- and they, no. And, and you just, can't predict the injuries. Like that, yeah, so they, that I think that's why at this point. But beyond injuries, uh, Matt, like we talked about, at, at Texas you should never be – you should never be on pace to be the worst defense in school history. 
No, you shouldn't. Numbers there wise, are, and to shatter to shatter that record. Yeah, yeah factors, if we're talking though. about, but the factors are the there that are a lot you of have kids back there yeah. that are never playing. But then look at a red zone defense. Even if you go and give, and there's a stat, uh, a website called Longhorn Stat Drive, and this isn't defending the defense, but if you just go and give, say, seven to the team that scores, give the three, and then anytime you force a punt, you, this Longhorn fan does this thing, ranks everybody. Right now, Texas defense is about 93rd on giving up 2.44 per drive by that metric. If you go and look at ESPN's defensive efficiency, Texas is 64 because it takes into account you've played the best deep right. offenses. Yeah, so play, yeah. we can't act like all numbers are the same and giving no, up 500. I'm not. So 130 is very very unfair. They are not that bad. But they aren't great. They aren't good. Yeah. They're at best. No, I agree with you. They're going to be that's, average to it, mediocre, and that's when they get healthy and get their bodies it, back, and they can totally then, agree maybe build something. People don't talk enough about that, but people see that as excuses right now, yeah. and Longhorn fans don't want to hear the excuses. Exactly. Because but you they, just they, gave even up... Even though four, they are facts. <laughs> because you just gave up 48 points and almost 600 yards to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. people don't care about it. Yeah, they, but the fact is, everybody except Rice has moved the football again. Just like the quote that yeah. motivated Kansas. People don't care about context nearly as they much as yeah. the headline. They don't care. And that's like, what motivated Kansas. Hey, don't re- show me... Yeah, don't care about the, <laughs> they don't care about the labor. Just show me the baby, damn it. The re- yeah. I love that quote, by the way. That little analogy but the the fact of the matter is like we talked about this defense is not going to be good this year at no, any point. no it, it is not. what it is yeah but it can be better than awful don't let it yes. get worse yes <laughs> from this point worse. on now that we've identified the problem and we know exactly what the problem is the injuries we're talking about the explanation of that don't let it get worse because if it does that's when i think lohan fans are gonna lose their patience i think lohan fans are educated enough to know all right it's pretty bad. It's not getting better. But don't let it get worse. Don't let your special teams get worse now that we've identified, right. oh, they're really bad at making decisions about mm-hmm. field position and when to field balls and punts. So don't let it get worse. Let's start now just little by little baby steps improving, getting better here or there. Like you said, when, when, they, when they fair catch something, people are cheering. Now, like, yeah, woo, <laughs> yeah, they fair catch that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Longwood fans, no, they're not, they're not idiots. One they're, they're game samples, fans. too, with football is yeah. just crazy. Football is like the most unfair statistically long-term to where you have all these random one-game samples and you only get like 12 of them. I mean, look at the Texas defense against Oklahoma and then where we were this week. Like, it's crazy oh, yeah. it how is. different of a world we're in in just Very a matter true. of game. Yeah, take two – Two games and now mm. the the sky is falling. Yes, but the <laughs> offense was horrible yeah. and the defense was great against Oklahoma. Great point. Great it's point. Just uh, yeah. Now yeah. it's frustrating. It is. Yeah. But TCU is it's frustrating to watch at this point. And and this is a good point too. Texas is not about. Like, we we need to. And you've said this before. The the the. The burden of expectation is on us. We are the ones who had expectations for this team. Mm-hmm. So we now need to recalibrate our expectations. We had, you know, oh, maybe in the college football playoff, maybe in that discussion. My ceiling for anymore. this team is still on the table. Uh, well, no. My, 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 bar, my bar for success where you could call this a successful season is if they got back to the Big 12 championship game. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what still, I said going That's still year. a bar. But I think so, most people had them either beating LSU or Oklahoma. One of those teams I in the said they would season. Be, I said they were more you know likely I mean? to beat Oklahoma most twice people I talked than to had them beat them beating one of those teams. Very few people I talked to had them losing both of those games. Now you lost both of those games, which means you're out of the college football playoff discussion. Don't even talk about that. Right. But, as you pointed out, still can make it to the Big 12 title. So no more. there's no more style points. None of that even matters. It is. 
is just all about winning at yeah. this point. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah, who cares if it looks good or if it's ugly? I don't really give a damn. Hey, you almost hell. Last year they beat like freaking Tulsa by seven it points. It shows where your you know what I mean? Like, is nobody talks about that. Nobody talks. About, hell, last year the Kansas game was tighter than yeah. it needed to be, and nobody cares about that. So yeah, once we get deep into it, now that we're done talking about college football playoff and all that nonsense, and Sam's not gonna win the Heisman. All right, now we can go. All right, let's just win. Are they winning? And let's appreciate. Okay, they can win games because they're not a perfect football team and they are not balanced and they are not ready to play with Ohio State's and Bama's and you know o- Oklahoma. Oklahoma's and those elite. They're not there yet, and which is fine. Right. Which is fine. We just know now. We know where they are. They were all first world problems. Like we were hoping to have style points and look great. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. stay away from third world. You do not <laughs> want to go down to where <laughs> Manny exactly. Diaz and Miami is. That's right exactly now. right. We're, we're, we're exactly the, right. Can we stay here in the first yeah, world problems, yeah, yeah. or we got AC? Where My, the style points impact you, though, Rod, and I think you you can agree with this is projecting out. Okay. This is how you performed against Kansas. If this doesn't get better, what's it going to look like against a TCU, an Iowa State, Baylor. a Baylor, et cetera? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. The Baylor game scares the hell out of me. This is rare. I don't think I said that since our browse was there, but the Baylor <laughs> game scares the hell out of me. And uh, so does Iowa State. Both those games on the road against good quarterbacks and good and offensive minds. Damn good coaches. And damn good coaches. So, And Gary Patterson scares the hell out of me too, by the way, but I know he's an incomplete football team and they don't yeah. have balance. Real real yeah. quick, um, because I think the offensive game plan at some point just became about survival. Um, just like, like just score as many points as you oh, can yeah, and get yeah, the heck no out of here. But I did like the opening drive. We still did see some innovation. Saw some wrinkles, baby. Yeah. Saw the slot fade. Saw the the wildcat. Saw a little, I mean, a little half orbit little half, motion. Yeah, I love, love the they're moving the pocket more, rolling, giving some misdirects. Yeah. They cage brew a pass. He comes to the mug, delayed release. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he's trying to force it. And he even said, I got to evolve this off. You got to. Because otherwise, the coaches will figure out. So I'm mm-hmm. glad. I like what Tom Herman's doing on offense. We're being nitpicky, picking right. on the offense. Yes, they got to deal with the turnovers and the fourth downs, but we're being nitpicky. We know where the issues lie with this Texas football team. But that's another thing for me. Like, as bad as the defense is playing, why would you risk a turnover coming off the goal line? If you just run it three times and punt, you, uh, you, you can at least trust Bushevsky to boom one and flip the field at this point. Very true. He's true got, but he, we're they, never going to think that way on offense with Sam. We're never going to be like, I was gonna uh, say, let's settle yeah. with a punt. That's our best. Tri- we need him on the field all the time. Like that's, we're yeah. going to win. If he, The more plays he gets, the better chance we're going to have. Yeah, I'm going to err on the side of that. I think Tom Herman's trying I think at this point he's saying, I got to score points, and he's mm-hmm. being more and more aggressive. I think that will, well, probably is going to piss a lot of Longhorn fans off. I think that's going to increase. He's going to continue to be because I think now he knows I got to score. I'm going to score. I think score. it's the right decision. I'm going to score, I'm gonna score 40 because otherwise I'm going to lose anyway because my defense is going to give up 35. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I got to score 40. So Next I think one. he's going to be like, you know what, fourth and two, we're going for it. No one's ever won a football game with zero points. Yeah, he's like, you, you know can what? win with offense. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going for it, pushing the envelope. So I think he's going to get more aggressive, Tom Herman. Yeah, I just I just think some of those some of those decisions. Look, I I agree with you guys, and I know Tom Herman is is naturally aggressive, but I just think as bad as your defense is, that that's got to come into play more than it otherwise would. I know I, I agree, but I think the he's gonna air on the other on the side of it. But he's gonna make him more no, aggressive rather than going. I agree. And I, should I? I should punt this because I need to help my. He's de- not no, gonna go with the less upside yeah, play. He, if he is he, going he, that way, he's gonna go with the more upside, which is more upside. And he's an offensive going. guy too, so he's like, you know I, what? I'm I, gonna go win it. I think where you're seeing the aggressive nature too. I think is in Sam Ellinger because I think with a couple of those scrambles he's he had against down. Kansas, 
Yeah. Uh, and, and I think any – He knew it was serious. Sam's running design runs. Well, well even squ- – No, no yeah, it's not it. just design runs. He's, he's pulling it down. He's not going through his progressions. Yeah. He's saying, then, nope, man, I, at the one guy, I'm gone. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit in here until my offensive line figures out the stunt and the loop. No, nope. I'm going. Y'all ain't figured it out, I'm out. If I, I can it. get it, get the first down. That's exactly what it think, is. I think that's like any leader, whether you're talking about the corporate world or at your job or, you know, in the family or whatever – any good leader is going to say, you know what? If this is going to if this is going to go south, let it go south on me. But I'm making the decision that while I do trust my players and I do trust everybody around me, I've got to go I'll make a play it. right now. I'll yeah. go get it. Yeah, I'll, and I think available. he's doing that. He's doing what he did at Westlake. I mean, he, he can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so just, I think it's just Sam taking charge of the offense, and I think that's an offense that knows uh, they they've got to score pretty much every time they touch the ball. Yeah, totally agree. So, as we talk about TCU, uh, scoring won't be as easy this week as it was against Kansas. Because, like you said, Rod, you know, TCU, they're not, they're not making a lot of impact plays. They're not flashy. They're not if flashy. You look, if you look at their defensive numbers, man, that's just a good, sound defense. Uh, their linebacker play, that's one problem that defense Gary Patterson's had some issues with. You know, Garrett Wallows played a lot of football for them, but uh, and I think they've had some injuries at linebacker, too. But, uh yeah, I mean, it's just it's they're not going to make it easy on Sam Ellinger in this offense. No, no, no. They're 11th in total defense, 9th in yards per play allowed, 18th in third down defense. That's where they make their bread and butter. But they are last and second to last in the Big 12 in sacks and tackles for loss. They are last in forced turnovers. So they don't really make you pay. They're not opportunistic. And they are 126th in the country in red zone scoring defense. Dude, they are really bad. All right, they allow people to score, I think, 94% of the time in the red zone, 77% of the time you score touchdowns in the red zone. Wow. That's where Texas will win this game is they will score. Texas is one of the best teams in the country in the red zone yeah. offense. Second, I think, something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, as efficient as they get because, I yeah. mean, hell, you were perfect other than the two LSU drives on the touchdown. Exactly. Right? Which is just insane. Yeah. Yeah, you're not – it's not even not settling for field goals. You're not even getting yourself in a position to think yeah. about a field goal. You're just scoring points. And that's why they're scoring defense for – that's why I think Oklahoma State – sorry, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, K-State, Iowa State all have better scoring defenses um, nationally ranked higher than TCU. It's because when t- when teams do get to the red zone, it doesn't happen a ton. When they get there, there is money in the bank every time. So look for Texas. Texas, if they can move the football and keep drives alive, uh, they'll they'll cash it in against TCU. And CCU doesn't make you pay for anything. Right. They don't make you. They don't create pressure to make you pay. They don't force turnovers, and they don't they don't you know stiffen up in the red zone. Third down, really. Third, this game may be determined on third down alone. That's something they do well, and something Texas does really well. What uh, what concerns me about this TCU mm-hmm. game, Rod, from a Texas standpoint? Is TCU struggling to throw the football right now, and we struggling. knew we knew their quarterback issues were going to catch up with them at some point, ah. uh, and, and they've kind of done what I said Gary Patterson was probably going to do at some point. We talked about in the preseason was is it going to be dealt and is Baldwin going to be eligible? Yada yada yada. I said you know what I think at some point he's just going to say screw it and, and they're going to go with Max Duggan and just try to get ready for next year and just let this true freshman learn on the fly. It seems Lo and behold, that's, that's what they've done. Yeah, and Gary. Hey. Pa- Gary Patterson got asked on the conference call. You know, I think I don't think Max Duggan has a turnover this year, and I think it was Jeremy Clark from our TCU side asked him. He said, "You know, is that why you've gone with Duggan?" And Gary Patterson said, "No, it's because he's the best option we got." So he can't. He's he's one dimensional pretty much. Yeah, he can run. Yeah, he can run, man. You look at TCU's passing numbers, nothing to write home about. And if people are figuring out, well, if you just take Jalen Rager away, then you know you'll take take your chances elsewhere. Yeah. 
But Rod, TCU can win this game running for 300-plus yards. Like It could be that kind of rushing performance if Texas doesn't figure out what they can do to tighten up against the run. Totally agree. Uh, because it'll, it'll be one of those games where Tarleton's got to stack the box and he's got to stop the run. They'll, like you said, they'll double-team Jalen Regal. So I'm not worried about the passing game. But I remember people were going into that West Virginia game like, we're not worried about West Virginia's offense and their passing game. And West Virginia was able to throw the ball a little bit against Texas. Now Texas made them pay. And I think in this game, if TCU decides, all right, we gotta, we gotta be balanced a little bit, we gotta throw the football. Texas needs to make them pay because they won't be terribly accurate. The problem is, I believe Texas may be in man coverage and possibly even zero coverage at times, yeah. just trying to stuff that box. Because I do believe they have the advantage in the in the rushing attack. I think they have a better running game than we have a rush defense. Oh, without question. And they got some guys that can hurt you, but because they're not balanced, you should just be able to stack the box you'd theoretically. Think, you'd think. Yeah, I mean that TCU offensive line is not bad, and then you got Darius Anderson, yeah. Shaywell Lanalua, and then yeah. Duggan's a runner. So, but unless it's Kyle Shanahan's running game, it's like you know, what I mean, like how are you gonna yeah. confuse me? I know, I know you're running the ball. You don't want to yeah. throw it. We know you only want to throw it when you have to throw it. So, Todd, it, it, it simplifies it for Orlando. It's a great game for Todd Orlando to kind of bounce back. Yeah, if he can't bounce back in this game. Yeah. And they end up getting 500 yards of offense. You're going up against a high school offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're going up against a one-dimensional offense, man. Come, come on, Tyler And I know you're hurt, and I know you're hurt, but philosophically, this is not a tough problem to solve. It reminds me of those old Kansas State offenses. It is. From it like is kind of like that. Like but, six years ago. But when Colin Klein was they running, were scary. They, run, they, were, they run right down your throat, dude. Yeah. Like, TC was one-dimensional to the point that when Gary Patterson was asked this week, what do you do to improve the passing game, when his first answer is, well, catching the ball would be a nice start. <laughs> You know, you know what kind of position you're in. That yeah. isn't going to give much confidence to those. Exactly, people. that's hilarious. So that Todd sounds Orlando, like a defensive guy. Yeah, Todd Orlando should be. He should be okay in this game. The Texas defense should. Because think about it, your defensive line. That is the healthiest part of your defense. All right, might be the deepest part of your defense. And now it's probably the been injuries. the most disappointing mm-hmm. position group on the entire it, roster. It probably is. It probably. I agree with that. But this is a game where at least de- the secondary's had injuries. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Even the <laughs> linebackers have injuries now yeah. too, right? Even hell, even going back to But uh, then Joseph Osai's play has kind of lifted up that group. You it you're has. getting way more than you thought you were going to get out of Joseph. Totally Osai. agree. Yeah. So, I think your D-line this is a game you need your D-line to show up. They got veterans on that D-line. They they're they're built for a game that is that's supposed to be like this, a game that a team wants to pound the rock and run the rock. This is what the defense is supposed to be structurally built around. And this being is able a to stop a game that like you used to, as a Texas fan, feel very feared when you were in this position. But now when you're the explosive offense going against the team that's going to shorten the sample, shorten yeah. the game, exactly play right. defense. So it reminds me of like those Charlie teams against a Big 12 offense. It's sort of where yeah, Patterson's team is right now against the Big 12 offense. So I if totally you look agree. at it that way, it makes you feel a little bit better. But it's still also scary whenever you know that you're taking on a team that does one thing pretty well. You know, it's a hell of a coach. Yes. And it, and and he got a hell of a coach. You yes. know, th- this could, this could be strategy though for Tom Herman, not wanting to let TCU kind of follow the same line of thinking he had in the Rice game, not r- r- running the risk of, and if they get a 15, 16 play drive and we don't get the ball till five minutes left in the first quarter, if Texas wins the toss, does, does Texas take the ball first? I bet they do. I think I saw and Doug Peterson finally flipped over to that style for the first time of his career. But oh, I've been yelling about didn't this pay, for pay years. For him, huh? It didn't work for him because yeah. he quickly uh, gave the ball back at the 48-yard line. But just <laughs> the pro- thought process is, Being well, I mean, if you can get the ball and start with a plus-one advantage, in a lead. then you can maybe keep it. And, and, st- the game. and st- statistically, defenses 
force more turnovers when their offenses give them a lead. That's just at go. every level of football. So I, I think it just gives your defense more confidence. For some for some reason, that's the way it works out with the play mm-hmm. callers who are at, the, at a deficit. So I'm with you at this point. Give your defense as much help as possible. Let them play with the lead, man. Let mm-hmm. them play with the lead. Because playing at a deficit, they play tight anyway. Imagine them playing down when they can't give up a third down. Yeah. The strength of your team, the ball, and you might have the plus one yeah. advantage to open the game. I'm with you on that. All right, uh, Matt, the line on this started, I believe, two and a half TCU and money. I think it said one. That didn't take long for money to pour in. Yeah, for, it flipped for over to Texas. Texas uh, still a one-point favorite. I'm updating it right yeah. now. That's so, a, yeah, that's a big flip for it to be that quick. That just shows that. Vegas was off on the initial line. I think people know that Texas offense is legit now and that Gary Patterson's got no offense, and this is still the Big 12. So no matter what's going on with somebody's defense, we've seen Oklahoma win the damn conference multiple years in a row with one of the worst defenses in college football. You can score. It's almost like two. It's almost (laughs) like we're going to be watching two different games, Rod. Like the Texas offense against Gary Patterson's defense, like – that's oh, Tom yeah. Herman v. Gary Patterson. That's must-see TV. That is. When you're talking about Sonny Cumbie's offense against Todd Orlando's <laughs> defense, that might – Talk about a tale of two ga- – that's a tale of two cities right there. That man. might that's be – uh, like I know old wrestling promoters used to have a match on the card they call the popcorn match. That's the match <laughs> story. That's the match you can put on when everybody's got to go get up and get the popcorn. Yeah, when TCU's got the ball, that's going to be the popcorn match. Everybody gets up and goes to get a sandwich oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah like I didn't think about that. That's a great point. Matchup. Wow. Yeah, Two different football games, man. Very different. Yeah, very different. One worrisome thing, 80% of bets have been put on Texas compared to TCU, which a lot of the time is a bad indicator. Guess but, public eh, I don't care. Yeah. Texas should win up there. Yeah. Um, look, TCU, look, <laughs> we way understood it. We said Kansas is going to move the ball and they're going to score some points. I just didn't think it would be I think 48 it was, I points. Like, yeah. And didn't think it was going to yeah. be 560 yeah, we knew that. We joked around and said, man, Puka could go for 200 against this defense that'll tighten things up. Well, he damn near got there. Man, I, I, well, I knew he had 130 versus Oklahoma, but I didn't think he was going to get 190. But I guess that's how he much. He had 102 in the first half. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to get with Matt, though. He's the best running back in the Big 12, though. Yeah. He's better than Chuba, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, and line yards per carry for Kansas was 2.67. Yards per carry for Puka, 7.6. Yeah. Like dude. that dude. That dude's, <laughs> that dude's a freak. He'll be, in Shan- be running for Shanahan in a couple of years. Yeah, no, like, literally, that dude will be a starting NFL back. He, like, will, he be. will be one of yeah. the guys that's complimentary, but he'll be the first and second down, or he could be a whole workhorse back. Depends. He actually Depends on who he is up with. Take, exactly, because yeah. he's a great receiver out yeah, of the people, backfield. You're going to the last year, people talk about it was the year of the running back in the Big 12 with like David Montgomery and you know, Rodney Anderson before he got yeah. hurt and some different guys, but like, man, you started looking at the backs in the league this year, Chuba Hubbard and Puka Williams, yeah. Darius Anderson's a different kind no, of runner. No, Oklahoma's got like three of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and yeah, I don't think cool. the two Texas has are bad. They're not. But huh? they're like sixth and seventh best, maybe in the conference, if that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. But that, are, are we all taking Texas? I'm gonna take Texas to win a a, a close game. I think I think TCU scoring probably in the mid 30s, as I, bad as they are on offense. I'll take Texas, and I'll take Texas 36 to man 30. No, I think Texas, 30. Yeah, that's a lot of points against TCU. I think Texas is gonna need. I think Texas is gonna need forty to win this game. Do right? you? Yeah. I'm gonna say thirty six to twenty. Oh, 28, 20, uh, something like 27, maybe 36-27. I'm going to say 41-38, Texas. Okay, twenty. I've got 36-27. I like that number. Yeah, I'm right around there. I think Texas just sticks to touchdowns. It's like 35-30, Texas. Yeah, yeah. 
because I think Texas scored points, but TCU's defense is going to – if we've seen Texas defense oh, – I'm sorry, offense struggle at times, Texas – TCU will have something for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, that's going to do it. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260, streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com, where you can hear this podcast each and every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And you get Rod B. on the Rodcasting Gym every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Sorry, I butchered that there. And <laughs> don't forget, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And thanks to Matt, you can get our interviews, classic shows, all on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 24- You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.